To Scotland now, where Nicola Sturgeon has announced she's quitting the top job after eight years as First Minister. Scotland's first female leader said she knew in her head and in her heart it was the right time to step down. Now, Nicola Sturgeon, of course, has shocked people. John Nicholson is very shocked. He's a Scottish National Party MP and he joined me from Edinburgh a little earlier. Hello, thank you for having me. You didn't know that Nicola Sturgeon was about to resign until the news broke yesterday. Were you shocked that she's leaving the top job? I was. I was. I was shocked. I, was, I, I thought the least she might have done is to have called me and told me she was, um, she was planning this. Uh, but no, uh, she, didn't, uh, she didn't tell anybody. She kept it a, she kept it a secret. And I think her, her friends and allies were all astonished that she's stood down, but um, she has chosen to stand down at a time of hard choosing after eight extraordinary years as the First Minister of our country. Eight years in which she's fought eight elections and won all eight of them. And I think like her like her friend in New Zealand, I think uh, she decided that uh, she wanted to choose the time that she went. In her press conference, Nicola Sturgeon basically said she didn't have enough left in the tank. Was this... Did you guess that? No, I didn't. I've always marvelled at her at her energy. I've met her scores of times at different events. And I've always wondered how she manages to drive through every day. She, she never seems crabbit or uh, crotchety. Uh, she's uh, always endlessly patient with journalists. She's got a particular affinity with kids. She's great with kids. And she's always on top of her brief. I've never seen her thrown by any interview question, no matter the topic. Um, and I think she's uh, outlasted, I can't remember how many Labour Party leaders and now how many Conservative Party leaders, um, but she is, uh, she's, uh, she's, I would say, Scotland's standout post-war politician. She spoke also of the, the fixed opinions about her. How was she viewed in Scotland? Well, she leaves office as the most popular politician in the British Isles. I get emails from people south of the border who say to me, would you not consider running at Westminster? We would love to have her as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Uh, she is incredibly popular. And after eight years as First Minister, her party, my party, is 20 points ahead of its nearest rival. It, it is an extraordinary legacy. And in particular, I think, because I support independence for Scotland and Scotland getting back into the European Union as an independent country. And what's interesting, I think, is the rapport she had with young people, the only group um, in society who now oppose Scottish independence is the over 65s. And amongst young people, uh, support for independence is stratospheric. That's a huge political legacy. She also talked about the toll public life takes on politicians. She said she didn't want sympathy, but do you have a sense of how difficult things have been for her, as particularly over the last period of time where there has been a bit of turbulence and, and issues, uh, the, gender, the gender issues that have sort of dogged her recently? There have been some issues that she's she's found it hard to be managing. Well, on the Gender Recognition Act, this is a bit of legislation intended to make life kinder and gentler for for trans people. Um, she has fought a mountain of disinformation like this, and Scotland now joins other liberal democracies like Ireland and Denmark in in having a Gender Recognition Act, and she's faced the kind of uh, abuse uh, from the, uh, the, the the political right, the moral right in particular, that we already saw 
in opposition to equality for gay people and equal marriage. Um, and she's been absolutely steadfast about that. But I think in common with a lot of women politicians, she's at the receiving end of particularly vile, misogynistic uh, abuse. And um, I noticed even tonight, for example, Vogue magazine posted in tribute some uh, pictures that they'd taken over when she appeared in Vogue. Um, and it was just a, a lovely picture and a, a, you know, a, a lovely tribute to her. Underneath the post is the kind of vile, misogynistic, hate-filled trolling that I think makes uh, social media such a scary place for many people. And I think women are at the receiving end of that. And, you know, she said today when she left, she said, I'm only, I'm only human. And uh, if, if your listeners would care to just tap in and type Nicola Sturgeon into Twitter, you'll see some of the stuff she gets. I mean, she gets lots of praise enormously popular with the public, but there are some nasty trolls out there. And um, that's difficult for any politician, especially especially a woman, I think. Do, do you worry that that's having a sort of chilling impact on women politicians? Jacinda Ardern, Nicola Sturgeon, obviously, who you work with, and perhaps there's only so much anyone can take? I do worry that it has an effect. I, I worry that it has an effect on dissuading young women uh, from entering uh, politics. Uh, I am a journalist by profession. I did your job. I used to be a, a network uh, radio and television host. And I've always said that I think people enter politics across the political spectrum, mostly with high ideals and for the best of motives. And we should be encouraging respectful dialogue. Nicola Sturgeon, of course, was Scotland's most strident independence campaigner. What does that mean now for the independence movement? I don't think it changes the dynamics of independence at all. The demographics are quite clear. Older voters, the over 65s, are the only group in society who now oppose independence. Younger voters are strongly in favour of independence for a whole variety of different reasons. They they don't want uh, to be called controlled from Westminster. They don't like the kind of inward-looking xenophobic uh, country that uh, Brexit Britain has become under the Conservatives, and they want to rejoin the European Union. I I think uh, independence will continue to advance, um, and I expect that uh, one of our greatest legacies will be to have ensured that young people see independence as a progressive, uh, positive uh, future for their country. And um, I fully anticipate that uh, when you and I chat next, maybe in five years' time, we'll be talking uh, from an independent Scotland. Well, I've enjoyed our chat so much. I hope it's earlier than five years. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. Scottish National Party MP John Nicholson there. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.